This week on Crappy Days, our episode is entirely devoted to music. It's going to be music, music, and more music. Uh, everything from the greatest of the great, like the Beach Boys, to the shittiest of shitty, like the Island Boys. Should be a fun time. So I'm going to dial up Jake, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in uh, to another episode of Crappy Days, the podcast for people born in uh, the wrong generation. As always, I'm Justin. We got Jake on the other end in uh, the opposite corner of the United States down in uh, Gator Country. Um, today, I don't know how it's taken us so long to get to this episode, uh, this being the fifth one. But for those of you who haven't tuned in so far, this is your first time listening or watching. Uh, the theme of this show is essentially to glorify the past and shit on the present. And so we talk about a number of different topics that have uh, deteriorated over the years in our minds. Um, today, the choice is music. Uh, and it's an obvious one. I don't think, I think we could have, this is probably going to be a longer one. Maybe, I don't know. But I, I do want to say really quick, Jake, I want to actually make this as quick as possible because I've got maple nut ice cream in the freezer at home. Um, most underrated flavor of all time. Probably my favorite. Have you ever had it before? I have not, but I did just have a bowl to, uh, I helped myself to a bowl of caramel moose tracks maybe an hour ago. So we do have to wrap this up quickly because I was going through my uh, digestive system in a hurry. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, that is decadent as hell. This may, if you like maple bars, maple syrup, maple flavor, maple nut ice cream, it's, it's like an old fashioned, uh, kind of subtle flavor, but it is ridiculous maple nut more like make you nut it is incredible (laughs) it sounds like an old laffy taffy flavor (laughs) i I don't know i had it at my grandma's house for the first time when i was growing up and i hadn't had it for years and someone like reminded me of it it's actually hard to find i can't find it in most stores but uh walmart umpqua brand they do have it uh but all right let's get right into it so we had a few specific topics we want to discuss when it comes to music the first being um what era you feel like was the best for music specifically. And I, I don't know if I mentioned to you this before, but I was thinking like a 10 year period. Um, I came up with one, looked into it a little bit. Um, so I've got plenty to talk about there. Um, I want to kind of give you the floor and see what your thoughts were on that first. Yeah. So I actually just broke it down by decades. Um, I mean, I, I think specifically I, I could have narrowed it down to a 10 year window that would have stepped outside this decade a tad. But the 90s for me, I think it is definitely peak music. Um, you know, I know uh, we might not see the eye to eye uh, on a lot of music tastes and a lot of different artists, uh, but I'm a huge rap fan. And uh, 90s rap is absolutely unbeatable. It, it is the pinnacle of the rap genre. 80s rap was kind of fun and dorky. Um, and then you got into a lot of the, the gangster rap, uh, the G-Funk era on the West Coast. Great stuff. Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg, fantastic album. The Chronic by Dr. Dre. I'm a huge Nas fan. He's one of the most underrated artists. Uh, Illmatic. Illmatic. Fantastic album. I got way more to say on Illmatic later, Uh, but absolutely. Uh, Big E. Big E is better than Pac, by the way. And then early Eminem. Like, I mean, come on. Uh, 
So 90s rap, just absolutely great stuff. But it, it's not only rap that is the reason I picked the 90s. Uh, 90s alternative is very, very slept on. Un- yeah, unbelievable. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I have a whole Spotify playlist for 90s alternative. Um, Third Eye Blind. I mean, they, they have like four or five songs that I can just listen to over and over again. Love them. Um, I do want to say really quick about Third Eye Blind. I, I mean, there's like the four or five songs that like everybody knows, there's, you know, Jumper and Semi-Charmed Life and uh, Never Let You Go, for example. I yep. will say, I think potentially their best song is one that people ironically sleep on. It's called Narcolepsy. It's on their self-titled album um, mm-hmm. with, you know, with Semi-Charmed Life and Jumper, same album. Track two, I believe uh, that is a fantastic song. Big time sleeper pick for me. Yep. Uh, great stuff all around from Third Eye Blind. The Cranberries are really good. Love the Cranberries. Yeah, they're sick. Um, and there's a lot of those uh, alternative artists from that era. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't even, I don't even dislike Matchbox 20. Um, yeah, they're all right. Uh, yeah, another part of the 90s too that I really like is uh, you start getting into the pop punk era. Um, you know, I'm a big Blink-182 fan. Uh, and so a lot of the early stuff, Enema of the State, um, you know, even uh, Dude Ranch is a great album. Uh, mm. I do like some of the Green Day, early Green Day only. By the time they got to uh, American Idiot, they had completely jumped the shark. Uh, early Weezers, good stuff. Um, mm. And then continuing on with just this, you know, this optimistic view of the 90s and how everything was great back then, uh, musically speaking. 90s R&B. A lot of people forget about 90s R&B. I actually love R&B. I still love some of the current R&B artists, uh, but you just can't top Genuine, uh, Boys to Men, TLC, uh, absolute sick group. Uh, no Diggity. Green. No Diggity, yeah, by Blackstreet, Jodeci, yeah. a lot of that stuff. I have, again, a whole Spotify playlist. Really, mm-hmm. the only skid mark on the era for the decade is grunge. And grunge has maybe withstood the test of time the best out of that. I mean, there you still see a lot of Nirvana tees and things like that. Uh, terrible absolutely just god-awful music it i do think people think grunge first a lot of people do when they think 90s like i think nirvana i don't i don't like hate but i don't i don't know they're overrated to me um i think foo fighters are probably a better group once dave Grohl got out from behind the drum set and started playing guitar and singing i feel like they're probably better but um pearl jam so especially as a guy living in Washington and having lived in the Seattle area and stuff, you, you hear so much about Pearl Jam. Um, I don't really get it. They don't really do it for me. Um, they have one cover of like an really old song from the 50s or 60s that I kind of like, but I, they just generally speaking, really overrated in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. They're freaking garbage. And um, like some of the metal too in the nineties, like nine inch nails and Alice and chains and all that is just terrible as well. Um, so I've got more to say on rock later, but what era did you pick? Or I know you mentioned you had maybe picked a 10 year window. Yeah, I picked I picked a 10 year window and I was just so torn between the sixties and the seventies. So I got very specific and I went, um, 1966 to 1975, kind of late seventies, well, excuse me, late sixties, early seventies. Um, kicking off the era with, uh, Pet Sounds by Beach Boys in 1966. I mean, arguably to me, the greatest album ever made. Uh, there's no group I enjoy more than the Beach Boys. Um, and they're like, they seem so universally loved. Cause even when you talk to somebody who doesn't like old music, they just, everybody enjoys the Beach Boys, just pretty much everybody. And when somebody doesn't, uh, 
it's kind of fighting words with me if somebody has anything negative to say about but, the Beach Boys. But have you ever met anybody that has said anything negative about the Beach Boys? I, I cannot name any, but not that I've had this conversation. I don't walk around asking people's opinions about the Beach Boys, but I just feel like anytime they do randomly come up, I've, I've never heard anything bad about them. I can, I can think of one and uh, it's a family member, so we won't get too deep into that. <laughs> um, I have an uncle also that's obsessed with the Beach Boys. He's seen him a million times. Me, me and Max were able to see him uh, at the Puyallup Fair a couple of years ago. Two of the three living members and then a bunch of random young guys filling in. Uh, still a great show. Um, also in the 70s, I mean, you had like probably the best era for rock, really. You had like, that's the heyday of Led Zeppelin, late 60s, early mm-hmm. 70s, uh, Black Sabbath. I love Neil Diamond. And that was like his sweet spot right there, late 60s, uh, early to mid 70s. Uh, you get to, you catch some early ACDC. They kind of take off more in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, ABBA, you get some early ABBA. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big I'm a big fan. Probably my favorite uh, Swedish disco group. Uh, let's see. I'm also uh, I'm a big country guy, but I also always have to uh, when when anyone brings up country music with me, I can't just say yeah I love it or yeah I hate it. I have to specifically say basically everything that's come out since i was a kid almost like 2000 onward i can not i cannot okay the real recent stuff like last five to ten years i cannot stomach um the the whole image of it changed at a certain point you got a lot of guys in like ripped jeans and tight shirts and trucker hats it's just it's kind of gay i don't know um I, i really i really dig old country from like the 60s and 70s though uh you catch uh kind of johnny cash in this era maybe a little past his prime uh, Merle Haggard, my favorite country artist. Um, that's basically his best time. Charlie Pride. I, have you ever heard of Charlie Pride? I know you're I not a country not. guy. No, I'm but, not a country guy at all. I, I, although I do dabble in Alabama. Re- oh, okay. That's kind of yep. funny. Song of the South, Sweet Potato Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Dixieland Delight. I'm shocked to hear this. Dixieland, Dixieland Delight, uh, another great track. Um, I'm in a hurry. You know, so yeah. Okay, that's I know that song. That's, that's the extent of my my country music listening. Okay, gotcha. Well, the reason I ask about Charlie Pride is he's uh, he was a black country singer in like the '60s and '70s, and he was absolutely destroying. He was basically like the Eminem of country music, you know, just going in and shaking things up, being the wrong color, I guess you could say, for that era. I mean, the guy was like winning awards and stuff. Um, and he's got a very unique voice. I enjoy him a lot. I actually listened to him on the way over here today. Uh, big fan of that. Uh, so yeah, I think it was the the peak era for country music, Dolly Parton, Tammy Wynette and stuff. Um, and then you also got like Creedence Clearwater Revival, big fan. Um, no, they're awful. Absolutely awful band. You cut out. <laughs> <laughs> cut out. That was just my reaction. <laughs> I didn't want to argue with you too much. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I could. I actually could see how objectively John Fogarty is not a good singer. Um, so you would have a point there. Uh, but I don't know. I enjoy it. There's some stuff like that where I can't really. There's some, I don't know. I don't know if you have some anything like this, but there's some music you can't really defend is like, oh, yeah, I can see how you would think that sounds bad, but I enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's almost like guilty pleasure music. Um, I, I would be pissed if I had been drafted into Vietnam and I'm on an Apache helicopter being dropped out over Ha Long Bay and fortunate sons playing. That's not the music <laughs> I want to be going into Vietnam listening to. So 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've listened to that song many times, but I've never been jumping out over Hanoi, so it was always fun. Um, Rolling Stones, you, you miss some of their early stuff, um, but uh, Rolling Stones are way better than the Beatles, by the way. The Beatles are the most overrated group in history. They don't, um, the Beatles do not have a single song I like. Maybe Eleanor Rigby. Uh, Rolling Stones are great. Beast love the Rolling Burton. Stones. Beast of Burton is like maybe top 25. I don't know. If you had to rank yeah. it, it's one of the best tracks out there. Yep. Not bad. I think Martin Scorsese movies actually got me into the Rolling Stones. He uses their mo- their music in like almost every movie, it seems like. He's used Gimme Shelter, I think, in three different movies. But anyway, yeah, the Beatles, I wouldn't go as far as what you said, but like they I, they have some songs I enjoy, but uh, this this idea that they're like just this untouchable greatest of all time, I, I despise that notion. Um, mm-hmm. And John Lennon, maybe one of the biggest douchebags to ever live. I couldn't have spent 15 minutes in the same room as that guy without killing myself. Um, I have never mourned the loss of him. Um, and yeah, Rolling Stones are much better band. Um, weak points with the era I chose 1966 to 75. Uh, you do miss the heyday of doo-wop in the early sixties, late fifties, which is, I, I had serious reservations about choosing this for that reason. Are you're a doo-wop guy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Dion, um, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm also a Motown guy, too. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of good music from like the late 50s, early 60s. Um, I, mean, I made a note about that, too. You mi- you do miss some good early Motown with this era. It's, so another weak point. Yep. But I think you're spot on with a lot of the other stuff you're, you're saying, um, especially rock. 70s is definitely the prime era for rock. Uh, my, my two favorite bands, uh, you know, in terms of classic rock, uh, probably Rush. And, and so I know they had like Fly By Night and all of that in the 70s. They did have some really good stuff in like 81. I think that's when like Tom Sawyer and all that stuff came out. Great, mm-hmm. great band. Uh, and then a little while ago, I had never really listened to a lot of Pink Floyd. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad's a huge, you know, old school classic rock guy and, and heavy metal guy. Uh, but I, he, that's like one band I just didn't grow up listening to much. Uh, and so I was working a little while ago and I just thought I'm going to just listen to the dark side of the moon. Uh, I understood the premise that like, you have to kind of listen to the whole album all the way through. Uh, and and that's how they've constructed their albums. Uh, and I mean, I swear to God, like I was, I was doing Excel spreadsheets and I could have been like tripping on dabs of acid. Like it just took me to that place immediately. Absolute great album, dark side of the moon. Uh, so Pink Floyd. Yeah, I, I actually listened to that album maybe, maybe like six months ago all the way through for the first time on your recommendation. And I just like cl- I just closed the door to my room and laid on my bed, put headphones on and listened to it. I didn't I wasn't even like doing anything else. I just wanted to get into it for a bit. And it uh, yeah, it kind of it puts you in a weird uh, mental space where you kind of like you're almost falling asleep at times. But then like all of a sudden the, the drums come through at some point and surprise you and like the riffs are great and you're like kind of wakes you up again like holy shit this is pretty good stuff um mm-hmm. another weak point i had for the era i chose uh so on the front end you missed some of the best doo-wop ever made that era kind of died in the mid 60s i feel like and then um on the back end uh you missed some of billy joel's best work including the stranger the album of 1977 so you're not a billy joel guy i i prefer elton john <laughs> that's that's fine i'll i'll, I'll accept that Crocodile Rock is better than anything that he ever put out. Uh, Billy Joel, that is. Crocodile Rock's a good song. That's, but, obje- that's objectively true. It's inarguable. 
All right. I'm well, stamping it. <laughs> I, th- I think the better matchup is Neil Diamond versus Billy Joel. I don't know if you're a Neil Diamond guy. I feel like those two are, that's a good celebrity death match. Who, who would you take in that? Uh, Neil Diamond, just because of Sweet Caroline alone. Yeah, I, 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 I'd go Diamond too, but it's, Billy Joel's not too far behind. Also, Jake, a uh, track that came out in 1971. I know you love, I love. Uh, this person is one of my favorite artists, but I feel like this song is universally loved, even by people who aren't particularly fans of the of the musician. Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver. Uh, absolute classic. One of my favorite songs ever. I, I believe you're a fan of that one as well. You turn that one on at a sporting event or something, everybody sings along. It's, it's tough to beat. Yeah, I could belt that one out in my car. And it is country. Uh, and so, you know, all right, maybe there's a little more there uh, to it that I enjoy. Um, I, I recently was listening to that song. And then uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy is also another pretty good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how it came out about or what I was reading, but I was reading uh, a story about uh, Billy Martin. So he's like a, a former, like, legendary Yankees manager Yankees. back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. When he was before he was with the Yankees, actually, and winning all those World Series titles. Uh, he went down to the Texas Rangers and was managing the Texas Rangers. Um, and so he just kind of, I guess, from what I was reading, totally embraced like the Texas lifestyle. So as soon as he got down there, he's wearing cowboy boots, 10 gallon hats, listening to John Denver. Yeah. And so apparently he was addicted to, to thank God I'm a country boy, absolutely addicted to it. And he started, <laughs> he started to get into a spat with ownership over thank God I'm a country boy because he demanded it replace the seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game during Rangers home games. And so, you know, ownership apps basically tells them, get the hell out of here. This is not your place. Worry about the team and the product on the field. And, and apparently, as the story goes, he went up to the, to the uh, sound guys and demanded it that day. You're going to play, uh, thank God I'm a country boy in the seventh inning. <laughs> basically, basically him out when, when they pushed back a little bit and they, Obliged, play the track right after the game. Ownership cans him. <laughs> yep. He was willing to die on that hill. That catch was going to say that kills me that that's the hill he wanted to die on. Was take me, was a thank God I'm a country boy. He was willing to lose his. Did he go to the Yankees after that or was it, was it before that? that yeah, no, I, he was the, with the Yankees after that. That's when he won the World Series titles in like 75, 76. So he would have been with the Rangers back in like the rootin' tootin'. Uh, days <laughs> so uh see he has john denver to thank for that that yankees period in his life where he was had his best years it sounds like yeah and the yankees can th- thank john denver too um so little sidetrack story there uh but not all country music's terrible despite what i often say i do have to say this every time john denver comes up uh i weirdly take pride in it uh john denver was related to me by marriage and it's like so distant that I actually at one point had to text my dad for him to remind me. I said, Hey dad, how is John Denver related to us again? And my dad's response was how many beers have you had? <laughs> I think I was on like number two and I hadn't had a ton, but I, I, that's, I would have asked him at zero. I was curious. I wanted to know, I wanted to commit it to memory, but he, uh, his aunt was married to my great, Grand Uncle Kenneth, I believe that's his title, Great Grand Uncle. And I've debated this with people, but it's not a great, great uncle. It's a great grand uncle. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he died in a plane crash, never met him. So uh, that's as far as uh, our relationship went. But I still enjoy his music.
All right. Now that we spent a little time talking about what good music is, you know, what era we think it was the best um, in the last in the modern era, let's say last 50, 60 years. What genre of music do you think has deteriorated the most? I'll let you take the lead on this one, because I have a lot of thoughts. I have a feeling I, I think I know what you're going to say, uh, but go ahead. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you take the lead on this? And Well, I kind of already mentioned earlier country. Uh, I think. I, I enjoy some country from the nineties. I think the best era was the sixties and seventies. Um, it's unlistenable now. Uh, I can't do it. There are, there are literally country artists who try to do mashups with rap artists now. Um, the ultimate, the ultimate sin. Yeah, it should um, be capital punishment. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, capital punishment is not enough. I think you, it should be medieval torture. I think you should be in an <laughs> iron maiden. You should be tarred and feathered. You should be every kind of outdated, form of punishment you deserve before uh, ultimately biting the dust for combining country and rap. Those things do not belong together. I don't want to sound like a, uh, too much of a reactionary, but uh, you got to stay with your own when it comes to country and rap. Those cannot be intermingled. Um, <laughs> uh, people do have that, uh, that uh, perception though. Like I, I taught at like a very um, black school in Miami for a long time and uh, a couple of years on a long time. Uh, but students would always be shocked that I didn't like country. They just had, you know, they had their preconceived notions that like, I must be a country fan because I was white. They were always blown away that I listened to a lot of rap music and can name some of the albums they were listening to. Um, yeah. The only thing that really seemed to cross those racial boundaries, at least in, in terms of like preconceived notions was queen. A lot of them listened and loved Bohemian Rhapsody. They just couldn't handle it. Nice. Nice. I, I do want to mention while you, well, uh, I think that was when you were, you said you were working in Miami. Mm -hmm. I remember we were talking about this at one point and we just, for some reason, got into this conversation where I was like, I know what kind of stereotypes like black people have for us that are public, you know, like we can't dance. We, we make shitty mm -hmm. food. We don't know. We don't know how to season our food, things like that, which is kind of funny too. I don't, th those all kind of make me laugh. The dancing thing is definitely true. Um, mm -hmm. But then I was like, I wonder what, like jokes they make about us that we never hear about. And the, you told me that your students had this, it's not a stereotype. It's an absolute fact. Um, and I'm the ultimate culprit, but you they, they always made fun of the fact that white people greet each other with this like half-assed smirk. Like <laughs> I I've, I've done that at thousands of people's faces, just walk by and kind of for those of you who are just listening and not viewing on YouTube, this is basically a, your yep. mouth becomes a straight line. You're like that emoji that looks kind of like shocked and embarrassed, just, and that's how we greet people. And uh, I don't yeah. know. I had to, I had to bring that up because I, I think of that often and it always makes me laugh. It's so true. I knew exactly what they were talking about when they pointed it out. I lost it. Um, <laughs> lost control of the class. Um, the other thing they pointed out too, is that, White people tend, well, white guys especially, um, when you walk by somebody in public or when we walk by somebody in public, if we don't know the person and we make eye contact, it's always a head down, like, a, how's it going? But if we know uh -huh. that person, it's a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's some truth to that, too, I would say. Uh, observant kids, man. Yeah. Back uh -huh. to country, though. Um, so I, you have a point. I mean, I, I think it's gotten, you know, objectively worse over time. Uh, I don't know any of the big artists anymore. I, I think I just completely tuned out of whoever was big or, or anything about that. Once like Florida, Florida Georgia line came out like 10 years ago and started putting out some of that 
that nonsense with Nelly and everything else. I just couldn't listen to it. Um, but I don't know that it can be the, the genre that, that has, you know, worsened the most over time, just because I don't know that it had that much room to drop. I mean, it just seemed to me that it kind of went from a solid turd to a diarrhea dump. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Cause you weren't, you were never a fan to begin with outside of, uh, Billy Martin's get, thank God I'm a country boy and Alabama's <laughs> sweet, sweet potato pie or whatever that is. Um, in the South. yeah, no, but I, I think, uh, I think rap has taken just an equally big dive in a, in a shorter span of time because, uh, rap really didn't become big till the eighties. I guess it kind of, uh, a sugar Hill gang and like grandmaster flash and stuff like that came out in the seventies, took off in the eighties. Uh, I agree with you that its peak was in the nineties. Um, there's been scarcely a decent song that's come out in the last 20 years, the last 10 years, especially in my mind. Um, nineties, I, I would agree like the death row era, Biggie Smalls, bone thugs and harmony and Biggie Smalls, notorious thugs, arguably the greatest, uh, rap song that's ever been made in my mind. It's like six minutes, like four or five different verses that are all just, they get progressively sicker. Honestly, Biggie's verse, off the off the bat in the beginning great but then i think each like bone thugs dude that comes on after that it just keeps getting better um oh yeah that's a good one for sure you don't hear that kind of stuff anymore the instrumental was great um the the, you they actually had they could do something that was impressive you know they they had crazy delivery guys like that and then like you know busta rhymes and stuff you're just like how the hell are they doing that just machine gun speed and then uh now you hear like the one bass note, by the way, all the shittiest music gets played the loudest when you're at a traffic yeah. stop. The guy who's the guy who's blowing your ears yep. out right next door to you. It ain't fucking John Denver. He's playing. Uh, it's, it's like <laughs> it's never anything I've ever even recognized. I don't think I've ever once recognized a song from another car that was just like bumping super loud with heavy bass. Well, these days, especially because we're you know getting old and it's like oh, it's always like these shitty 18 year old kids that are doing it um literally one bass note and that's just it's like the laziest construction of a song i've ever heard just just blowing your head right off and then (laughs) you probably got some some idiot mumble rapping or at a certain point like i remember when i thought lil wayne was as bad as it was going to get um i I remember he was huge right in our like post high school kind of college era party days so you heard that at every house party you went to and i always wanted to leave as soon as it came on um and I all of I our friends were into little wayne too so every time we were getting in a it. friend's car if you and i weren't driving or you or i weren't driving that was it we were listening to that crap uh, yeah. and i definitely thought that was it this is as bad as it's gonna get but you're right like it, it's gotten way 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 worse um mumble rap had its you know time uh, it was terrible um they're kind of getting away from that a little bit now the whole thing is is literally well, I don't even know if it's intentional or not. I think with some artists it's intentional, others it's not. Uh, rapping off beat on purpose. That's a, that's an actual thing now. Uh, I did not realize that. I don't have a musical ear, but I can I can hear it when it and it just sounds like an absolute diarrhea dump. Uh, the real problem with rap too, though, is just the the way the lyrics and the lyrical composition has just uh, gone gone. Uh, you know, by the wayside uh, over time, everything now, it kind of was in the 90s, but I mean, there was more to it. You know, you mentioned Notorious Thugs, uh, Biggie Smalls, I, I've got a story to tell, things like that, right? Uh, and there were more creative elements to the lyrics. Now everything's just bitches, hoes, money, cars, and that's it. 
there's nothing outside of those boundaries at all. Um, yeah, I was listening to like, like my wife and I, you know, have pretty different uh, or diverging musical tastes when it comes to rap. Uh, and so, you know, there's a song uh, on a Spotify playlist that I hear from time to time. And I don't mind the song as a whole, but <laughs> this lyric, while not maybe the worst example, always catches my ear. Uh, it's it, it's a song. It's an E40 track called Red Cup and B.O.B. has a verse on it. And, and and I quote, booty got its own mind. That's a headbutt. Uh, not a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's like there's there's way worse. Gets, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it gets so much worse than that. There's like at least an attempt to be clever there. You could say the same thing about Lil Wayne. I didn't think anything he had was ever good. His lyrics annoyed the shit out of me, uh, just as much as his horrible voice and his random just bullshit sounds he would make. It just sounded like he was dying, and you wished he was. Um, like one example I always think of is uh, he says. I got 10 bathrooms. I could shit all day, which <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I understand what he's trying to say there. It's just a way of saying he's rich. I live in a huge house, but yeah. you can shit all day. If you have one toilet, uh, <laughs> you can shit all day. If you don't have any, any toilets, if you've got dysentery, you can just spend your whole day shitting in a bucket. Uh, I, I didn't think that was the best way to say, Hey, I have a lot of money. <laughs> Felt like there were better ways to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of an art of poetry, right? That a lot of 90s rappers had. Um, I, 90s rappers in general, I, I feel like if you had had a conversation with them, yeah, sure, they might mug you. Uh, but I think you could actually have an, an intellectual conversation with most of those guys back then. Uh, there's no way you could have any conversation above like a third grade level with guys like Takashi 6 9 They're all oh. illiterate. They're all illiterate. And Lil, I think Lil Uzi Vert illiterate. And I think all those like '90s rappers would would say the same thing. It, it's kind of kind of oh. like you you hear like you hear like athletes from the '80s, you know, talking about how soft the the whatever league it was they played in is today. Uh, and there's maybe some truth to that, but I feel like it's the same thing with like the old rappers. But there's more truth to it. They, I I, I gotta say honestly, it, even though there's some rap I enjoy, I feel like it's invention in general was a negative thing for society uh, because it just, it was able to branch off so much into the absolute just rancid garbage that we're getting now. And I, I kind of look at it as like, well, um, you know, look at like the Protestant reformation. If that hadn't taken place, would there be 500,000 Christian denominations now? Would there be some like weird offshoot where they have snakes around their wrists in church? What the hell is that? I look, I look at rap the same way. I was like, okay, it was, there was, that was a nice thing for a while, uh, but look what it's become. I, yeah, I actually agree. I, I, again, I'm a big rap fan, generally speaking. Um, I remember when we were kids, uh, Eminem was coming onto the scene, and that was like, oh, my God, every Christian mother was like, ah, Eminem, <laughs> because of what they were hearing on Bill O'Reilly. And Bill O'Reilly was always going at Ludacris and Eminem. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that was he, that was the thing. He was always ranting about you know rappers uh, and the degradation of our, our our pop culture. And you know you you hear this from time to time with like video games. Like, well, you know, video games are so violent; it's making kids more violent. And I've always chalked that up to like, yeah, okay, whatever. No, no kids really taking that seriously. And I generally still agree with that. Uh, it's mostly the same with music, but hey, I like you know, I brought up 
earlier, we were talking earlier that I, I taught in Miami and literally an all black school. Most kids listen to that, to that stuff. Uh, most kids are not affected by it in their day to day lives. They're still good kids. But there are a couple who really do want to go gangbang, who really want to do uh, all the stuff. They they want to be rappers. I mean, that's their their career ambition. At 16 years old, hey, what do you want to be when you get out of high school? Well, I want to be a, a rapper. And they 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 want to they try and emulate that lifestyle at 16 years old. Uh, I can name kids off the top of my head. Of course, I'm not going to do that out loud. Uh, but uh, no, go it, ahead. It I want to look up their soundcloud. <laughs> it it definitely does have an impact on some of those kids. And who knows where they are now? I know they're out of high school, but um, hopefully they got their their head straight. Somebody smacked them up the head. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned video games also, you know, potentially influencing kids. Um, I, I find that to be a bunch of hogwash as well, because I, mm -hmm. I grew up playing games like Mortal Kombat, where you would like literally rip someone's spine out, crush their skull, uh, explode their neck into a fountain of blood. And that didn't ever manifest itself in any of my actions anytime i ever murdered somebody i always did it humanely just quick snap of the neck and <laughs> drop them down and give them a good christian burial <laughs> yeah so i mean i definitely think you have a point with rap um obviously you know country a little bit uh i went a little bit different you know in, in terms of my pick though for the genre that has taken the biggest uh dive off a cliff and i think it's rock and the reason I mention it is because uh, the genre is just non-existent these days. It's we, so we, that's so generic. There's no well, who's even like a famous rock band right now? Like rock. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean it, the last one I can even think of, no joke, is like Daughtry, Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't well, know in terms of like pop, like you know, fam really famous groups. Yeah, there's not a lot. It feels like. Yeah, not at all, and. Avenge Sevenfold. I mean, that's just terrible stuff anyway. Um, so the whole thing is just non-existent. It's, you know, basically been wiped right off the face of the earth like Ukraine's about to be. Uh, and so, you know, to go from Led Zeppelin uh, to just nothing, it, you, you couldn't take a bigger dive than that. It's gone the way of the dodo bird. Uh, the whole genre is absolutely soul sleeping right now. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're kind of right, but you mentioned Led Zeppelin. Uh, have you ever heard of a band called Greta Van Fleet? I have not. No. It's, it's a it's a rock band that's like modern. I, I've heard a few of their songs um, that have come out in the last few years. They sound like almost exactly like Led Zeppelin. It's insane. Like this guy just sings and like ah! wails, like sounds like Robert Plant. Uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. And they're actually good too. But every time I listen to it, it's just like, it feels like Led Zeppelin reunited or something and just nothing changed almost, which you could say is a, a compliment and not a compliment at the same time. Like, cause they're, they're, they're like, they sound like the ultimate Zeppelin cover band, but they just like, you know, write their own songs. They sound worthy of a spot, Spotify stream. I'll have to give them a check. Um, Wolf mother. I mean, they're, they, they actually have some like kind of cool classic rock sound to them, but I, I like Wolf mother a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty cool, but they're not big. I no. mean, there's no big rock bands at all. Uh, so I think they've definitely taken the biggest dive. Although now in terms of like, you know, a net gain on society, it's probably better to have no rock than to have Cardi B and Megan V. Stallion. So yeah. just just lay it to rest, 
peacefully, you know, like where rap is like, Ugh, this is just an abomination now. Yeah, this is probably something that they would have been bumping in Sodom and Gomorrah had they had that music back in the day. Oh, it absolutely would be. <laughs> All right. So, so far we've discussed, you know, what era we think was the all-time greatest for music. We've talked about, you know, what music has gotten worse and worse. Um, This next section, I feel like it it requires a little bit of explanation. Uh, We both picked a cutoff date for when we would be fine with music not being made anymore. Um, And I picked 2003. Uh, Basically what I mean by this is I get, almost all the stuff I like. Uh, but I, I also lose a lot of stuff. I absolutely hate the music that I hate the most has come out in the, in the last 20 years. So, uh, like for example, and I'm, I'm cutting it off at 2003, by the way, cause that's the year. Hey, yeah. And roses came out outcast speaker box. (laughs) I thought that was a good place to stop. Yeah. You have to include roses. You couldn't possibly go before that. Uh, I remember once listening to that about, what was it? So I was driving, we were driving from Kennewick to my grandpa's house that was in like North Idaho, basically. It was like a two and a half hour drive. I had a mix CD. Remember we used to always burn CDs and put a bunch of random tracks on it. Track 17 on this CD, Roses. Mm -hmm. I listened to it from Kennewick to my grandpa's house for two and a half hours. Just it would get to the end of the song and I'd go back, play it again. So (laughs) it's a pretty long song, but it's like six minutes or something. I had to have listened to it. 40 times in a row or something, 30 times. I don't know. It was insane. Uh, but um, yeah, that's my cutoff date. There's a lot of music that you could do that too. Like I know, you know, the story, but freshman year uh, of football, um, you know, before school started, we had a uh, uh, football camp up, you know, about an hour and a half, two hours North uh, of where we went to high school. And it was a three day trip. And for three straight days, I listened to Mr. Brightside. Uh, by the killer three so. straight day. i thought it was just well it was the whole trip. it was the whole bus trip up um and then in fairness too i was also quite busy while i was in the dorms and all that so i wasn't listening to music then but uh no i i'm pretty sure it was also the bus trip back i just could not handle that song a damn bit i actually still can't handle it i, um, I love that song yeah it's great stuff and if i remember correctly i i not to out you here uh, I think you might have gone through a, a phase where you couldn't handle Disturbia by Rihanna. I remember that. So that one didn't go through quite as long of a stretch, but I did listen to it before bed 15 times in a row at one point in, in 2008, <laughs> which isn't really, that's not the best way to put yourself to sleep, by the way. But yeah, I still <laughs> like that song. Um, but yeah, 2003, I'm cutting it off that. So obviously we include my 60s, 70s era that I love. I, I love the 80s. I love the 90s. Um, but yeah, we, we lose out on the, all the mumble rap, the Cardi B, the crank that soldier boy, first of all, uh, that came out when I was in high school. And that's, I feel like that might be like the starting point of when rap just started to get really fucking annoying and it just got worse and worse from there. Yeah. Uh, I think he was, he was like the original, like SoundCloud rapper where I think he got discovered on, on MySpace. Um, oh, there was a few of those LMFAO I think was like another one that was like discovered on MySpace and they got big on MySpace uh. 
Guilty um, pleasure, by the way. They got a few. They got a few I enjoy. Guilty pleasure. My my two year old daughter actually mishandles shots by LMFAO. Oh, I hate that one, but <laughs> that's a fun. That's the funniest one for a two year old. <laughs> Absolutely loves it. Um, but I I agree. I mean, I think yeah, rap mostly took a dump uh, in our high school. I would pick 2010 though. I do want to include the high school years. I don't think there's a lot of great music that came out when we were in high school, but there's still a lot of nostalgic stuff. Um, I'd have to look on the year it came out, but like Sandstorm by Darude was like in every single high school dance. Oh yeah. I think right? that's early thousands. Like, it's early years, two thousands, but I mean, I remember listening to it a lot in high school, like every dance, for instance, not that I even particularly like that song, but it just takes you back to a specific date and time. Um, yeah. All that techno stuff does that. Yeah. Because now it's just, there's like EDM, but it's, it's a little different. It's not like it doesn't have that dorky techno sound that they used to have. Well, high school is also just like such a coming of age time. And so like, I, I mean, I could just, you know, think of any given song or whatever that we would hear at like a house party or anything like that. I could remember like, oh, yeah, I remember that time that I was at a uh, party in pullman and roses came on and the whole party just immediately stopped and started basically singing like they're at sweet caroline at a red sox game yeah. uh, the whole party absolutely lost it at roses um so there's a lot of that music in high school too let it rock by kevin rudolph i don't even like that song but i, I think i would still from time to time like oh yeah uh you know one of my good buddies put that as his, as his yearbook quote in his senior yearbook <laughs> what an idiot um <laughs> so i wouldn't necessarily want all music to go away but by 2010 that's it i'm firmly an old man 19 years old i don't want to hear anything else after that um yeah well i i should mention too it, it's not all it's not all good to cut it off i mean it's it's just the pros and cons you know you weigh weigh this the both sides of the scale but i mean and it's a sinking ship at 2003. That's the year I picked. And you just, you gotta, you gotta jettison some cargo and some of, some of it's going to be stuff you'll miss. So uh, a couple examples I have, like I mentioned, like some things like LMFEO, guilty pleasure, but I could totally live without it. Um, yeah. Wolf mother, you were mentioned, you were talking about earlier. That's like my favorite modern band probably that's, you know, when I say modern, I say like, you know, when we were in high school onward, even though they've been around for a while now, but their first album that came out in 2005, I believe was maybe 2006 was fantastic. Um, and then they had another album after that, that I like a lot. Uh, other than that, I mean, there's a band called the vaccines, not a, not a name that's aged great at this point, uh, but they're like 2010s and I like them a lot. Uh, but yeah, they'd be going bye-bye. So the vaccines, uh, that sounds like that'd be the band for, the late night show with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> no, well, they're like, uh, they're like an indie type band. Um, pretty good stuff. Oh, I do also, like a lot of I, indie, by the way. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I'm a big Coldplay guy. Uh, would have, this this would be one of the biggest uh, sad ones is uh, you'd miss out on X and Y cutting it off at 2003, which came out in 05. Um, Viva La Vida. I actually that actually might be my favorite Coldplay album. Um, start that, to yeah, that too. And again, that's yeah. another one that just uh, completely takes me back to uh, riding a moped at eight in the morning after not sleeping and, and riding that to the mall uh, to go <laughs> jogging with the mall walkers uh, after pulling an all nighter of watching uh, Conan O'Brien highlights on YouTube. <laughs> I do remember that. And 
you, you talk about high school nostalgia. That one is like probably the biggest one for me is Viva La Vida. That was like, right. It came out right at the time I was graduating and I listened to it a lot that year. I listened to that, that whole album a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there has been some other good stuff since 2010. I know that, you know, that's my cutoff. Um, Kendrick Lamar, I don't like any of his stuff anymore, but his act, his first album, Good Kid, Mad City is, is great. Um, I've never I, heard a song of his that I thought was not annoying. I just got to put good, that. The first out. Well, actually section 80 was his first album. His real first album that made it big. So technically a second album, Good Kid, Mad City. It, it is great stuff. Um, I am actually a, a pretty big Kanye West fan. Uh, I I would. Early, miss, I like early, early Kanye. Early, yeah, for sure. Um, he had a couple albums in there like Yeezus that were just uh, absolutely awful. But his gospel stuff that he's been putting out, uh, he just had Donda come out. I do like that. Jesus is King, though. I mean, it's a theologically sound message, uh, which I just can't even believe. Uh, and so... <laughs> I whatever Kanye's doing on a spiritual journey and all this, uh, I I love the mainstreaming uh, of Christian theology. Uh, it's probably the biggest biggest piece in our pop culture uh, since maybe the Passion of the Christ. That was like a big thing. Uh, <laughs> I do have to where, say, Con- Kanye. Blockbuster. I do have to say, Kanye is an odd conduit for that, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, hey, whatever he's doing in his personal life, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how serious he's really taking it. Um, when Jesus is, is King came out, though, uh, I, I just I love the, the gospel choir sounds in it. Uh, I did see a lot of posts on like Twitter um, using it as like a way to mock Christians or mock the religious for buying this album. And this is clearly just a money grab. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know I'm about three years too late on this one. Uh, and I didn't respond to anybody at the time on Twitter. When I was still on social media, but if you're listening, I want you to know that it netted way less money than any one of his secular albums. He would have made way more money by just putting out another secular album. You yeah. clowns! Yeah, so it that's wasn't the, just a money grab. Yeah, Christianity's not the hippest thing in the world these days. I don't think that's the best way to go about uh, for a money grab. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, so I would really miss that. I, I would miss his his gospel stuff. Um, and then Guilty Pleasure, uh, Justin Bieber's Purpose album in 2015. Dude, I, <laughs> Big Guilty Biebs, Pleasure, love Biebs it, is, I'm, I'm actually ready to admit, Biebs is a, just a pleasure. I'm not even really, I don't even feel guilty about it. Like, he, I don't know a full album of his like you, but I mean, he's got, <laughs> he's got a handful of songs I definitely enjoy, and I don't, I don't care who knows it. Peaches is sick, dude. Eh, I could do without that one. I, I like peaches. No, oh, I throw, I throw, I can throw that one overboard. But yeah, he's got like anyone. One of his newer ones that came out is is very enjoyable. Uh, the guy, the the guy's a very talented singer. I don't know if he's somebody I'd enjoy hanging out with, but uh, the guy's got talent, and you can't say that about a lot of people putting out music right now. Okay, I want to have just kind of a quick uh, rapid fire section where we just I'll, I'll give I'll give you a category. And you give me your three to five that best fit this category. Um, first of all, uh, top three to five albums. Let's uh, let's go five. You got a top five albums all time? I'd have to make some tough cuts. Uh, mm, okay, it's tough for Il- me too. Illmatic by Nas. This is no particular order. It just mm-hmm. these would all be lumped in. Illmatic by Nas. Uh, Two thousand and one by Dr. Dre. Graduation by Kanye West. It's talking about older Kanye West, although College Dropout might also be in the mix there. 
I think graduation though. Um, Enema of the State by Blink-182. That's the most nostalgic Blink album for me. I love it. Uh, Silent Alarm by Block Party. I'm a huge Block okay. Party guy. Uh, I've seen him in concert and everything. Um, that's five, but I do have to throw in as an honorable mention, Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie. That is a that is a fantastic album. Especially the title track too, I think is my favorite one. It's like seven minutes long, but goes by pretty damn quick. It is so good. Um, my top five all time. Uh, we do share one. Yours was more rap heavy than I expected, but I, I will say those are some, some pretty good albums. Um, I got, let's see. So blink 182 enemy enema of the state, 1999. We, we have that one in common. Uh, love blink love. Uh, I mean that whole era up to 2003, basically. Um, and before uh enemy of the state mutt um, mutt mutt is their best song period i like that song. i i, I can't pick a, a number one song for them um i mean like yep. that whole album isn't outstanding dump weed uh you know like <laughs> some, i, some I of like dysentery more, all of it but yeah dysentery gary yeah and a lot of their more unsung songs are fantastic and are like just as good as their hits if not better in some cases um yeah but th- this is not the way to go about rapid fire i'm taking way too much time so, okay. So yeah. So the first I got, and this is in no particular order either, but I got enema of the state blink 182, um, Oasis. What's the story morning glory, 1995. I love that album. Um, and I got to say Wonderwall is their most famous song at best. It's the fourth best song on that album. Uh, that every song on that album is good. And mm-hmm. yeah, that one's probably four or five, uh, the beach boys pet sounds, 1966. I've got on there. Uh, of course I mentioned I'm a huge beach boys guy. I think that's their best album um songs from an american movie by everclear came out in 2000 uh that one's nostalgic for me it's one that i was listening to when it was brand new i was like 10 years old and i loved it i still love it um and Coldplay, play rush of blood to the head which i believe was 2002 um so it's funny i i picked i picked my era as like the 60s and 70s but then uh the only there's only one album that i picked for my top five that's in that era and then the rest are like, you know, barely make my cutoff of 2003, like late nineties to early two thousands. Um, but I think part of that is like a lot of the, a lot of the artists I like the most from sixties and seventies, I just have like their 40 song greatest hits or whatever that I listen to. And I, so I didn't want to pick a greatest hits album, you know? Um, but yeah, that's my five. Um, all right. What do you got for most overplayed songs in history? Uh, well, we covered it in episode one, but uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is absolutely the most overplayed, uh, period. Like, you just you couldn't possibly overplay that one anymore. Uh, there are some other ones that maybe aren't, like, the most overplayed, but everybody knows them that are just terrible. Uh, well, not terrible. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Very, yeah. It's not enjoyable. There's uh, multiple versions, too, that you hear. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, Lose Yourself by Eminem. I, I like that song as a whole, um, but it's always like, you know, almost everybody could, could recite the lyrics of that, that track. Spaghetti. Well, at least that part of it, right? Yeah. Uh, not that you necessarily hear it all the time in stores and everything still, but it's just always lifted up as one of his, like, you know, uh, most popular hits of all time. And uh, I would actually advocate, I mean, there's a lot of better Eminem out there and, and, and maybe society as a whole needs to get behind a track like Marshall Mathers. I want to hear Marshall Mathers at a stadium. I want to hear that whole verse where he's going in on insane clown posse right oh, before kickoff that. at an NFL game. That's what I want to hear. 
Uh, you pr- you couldn't do that one because I think that song says faggot five or six times. So there's no way you could play that in a public place. <laughs> did, you, did you have any others after that? Uh, oh, anything by Bruno Mars. Because any 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 play is too much. Yeah, my my brother's kids love Bruno Mars, but they're like five and under, so it's acceptable for them. Yeah, kids um, five and under also like the Wiggles, so that's where Bruno Mars is at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, so for my my most overplayed, I got number one, not a bad song, just most overplayed in history. Uh, Don't stop believing by Journey. Uh, it's a good song, but I've heard it five hundred thousand times in my life, and probably. Yeah two to three of those times was I actually picking the song and like choosing to hear it. Um, you hear it. Everyone sings it for karaoke. You'll hear it uh, in restaurants. You'll hear it in stores. You hear it everywhere you go. Uh, another yeah. song, not, not a good song, but it, this one doesn't necessarily make my ears bleed or anything either. I just can't believe that I still hear it in, in the public square. Taking care of business by Bachman Turner overdrive, not enjoyable at all. It's such a nothing for me, just such a big zero. Like, Flatline, nothing to it. Um, I do, I do like "You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet" by them, but this one, uh, <laughs> yep. I could never hear it again, and it would not bother me. "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell, uh, garbage '80s track um, that we shouldn't still be hearing 40 years later uh, under any circumstances. And those were my top three. Yeah, I would have to agree with all of those. Um, Tainted Love is all right, but yeah, I could do without it. Although I will say we have not discussed the 80s at all, basically up to this point. And um, my parents- we do, need, 80- we do need to throw some stuff in there. Yeah, my parents were 80s kids. And so I that's all I grew up listening to on like family road trips and stuff was just, uh, you know, kind of a fight. My, my dad was more of a hair metal guy. My mom was really into like new wave. They're still into that, of course. I actually yeah. lean more towards like the new wave stuff. Some like talking heads type stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of that, cars. for sure. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Cars, for the sure. Cars, New Wave, I don't know. Nah, they have, like, they dabble in New Wave a little bit, but they're more of, like, kind of like a soft rock. Uh, uh-huh. The Cars are absolutely one of my favorite 80s bands to listen to. I still you listen might to think, if that comes up on Shuffle, uh, you might think by the Cars, I, it's impossible for me to skip it. Uh, I'm that way with Moving in Stereo. I love the, that one, the, too. The bass line in Moving in Stereo. It's excellent. It always reminds me of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The, oh, PBK is coming out of the pool. Yeah, his jerk-off scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good song, though. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, Tears for Fears. I love Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, still listen to them regularly. I actually, I love Michael Jackson. And, and not a lot of his, like, hits. He has, I like his hits. But there's a lot of stuff that wasn't, you know, maybe, like, uh, um, top of mind. I, but I love Michael Jackson. I love The Cure. Uh, thanks, Mom. Okay. Uh, they got a lot of funky stuff. Some of it is a little, a little gay, but whatever. Uh, and then Phil Collins, Phil Collins' best stuff was all in the eighties. And, yeah. and well, so no, it wasn't because that. the Tarzan soundtrack wasn't until the nineties or two thousand. <laughs> I don't, whatever it was. <laughs> Tarzan soundtrack's pretty good. Uh, it's but, sick. Yeah, it's probably the best Disney soundtrack. Oh, I mean, yeah, you can't beat it. But, uh, you know, I could go on for a long time with a lot of the 80s stuff that I do listen to. I, I think those are probably the ones that I would revisit the most or I do revisit the most on Spotify and things like that. What about you? OK, yeah, I do. I, I, you're right. I can't believe we totally glossed over the 80s because I do think it was a great era. 
uh, some annoying stuff that came out like tainted love, but tons of good stuff to counter that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean like back in black ACDC's 1980. So like a lot of, a lot of good rock Van Halen, um, 1984. So Van on Halen, so- not Van Hagar. Uh, Sammy Hagar right. is just unlistenable. Pa- Panama. I mean, that, I mean that's probably their best song. Um, I remember us cruising around in the Chevy Corsica playing that just like going on gas station runs and stuff in your car. And that was like the highlight of high school. Um, <laughs> Throughout the 80s, uh, there's a lot of like one hit wonders from the 80s that I could listen to over and over. Your Love by the Outfield uh, mm-hmm. is so, so upper echelon, never gets old. Um, one I've recently discovered, uh, I only know a couple of their songs, but I need to look into it more. But have you ever listened to the Jesus and Mary chain? No. It's kind of that, it's kind of that, it's kind of a weird, um, it, it might be categorized as new wave. I don't know, but they have a song. I actually heard it on the movie lost in translation called just like honey. That is fantastic. Um, they got another one that actually, actually came out a little later on, like early nineties called sometimes always, but, uh, yeah, a lot of that synthy stuff in the eighties, that a lot of it is enjoyable. Um, even like Cindy Lauper time after time, stuff like that is great. Um, you're smirking like you don't like that one. No, I absolutely love that song. Uh, <laughs> right. I actually, I like some, some Madonna even, um, mm-hmm. Like you know, a virgin? Not, not, no, not like a virgin. Uh, some of her like really early stuff that that my mom would subject me to listen to that I didn't material appreciate. Girl. Yeah, material girl's good, man. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Didn't appreciate it. I always bitched about it when I was in middle school and high school and, and was being forced to listen to it. But over time, it's grown on me. Um, yeah, man, there's just a lot of really good stuff in the 80s. Um, great, great era. Great era for music. Yeah. I, before we get into Apocalypse Now, there is one other thing I wanted to ask you about. We've kind of touched on this, uh, but I just want to hear what like what is most in this category for you. Um, guilty pleasure. If somebody was looking through your music library, what would they find that would embarrass you the most, but that you fully enjoy? And if you, you're, in, you're in the car by yourself, you're playing at full blast um there's a few uh i could not handle promiscuous by nelly Furtado, freshman year of high school <laughs> i remember uh, you and max couldn't right yeah it absolutely couldn't handle it um uh, maybe some shakira uh pretty good there's a, there's a couple of good tracks uh do a lipa is like a current pop star i actually cannot handle any of her her hits like she actually I like has, her too. yeah she's sick um she has like her, her most recent album i only know a few tracks from them but they all do kind of actually have like an 80s nostalgic sound to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she absolutely nails that sound. Uh, it, it's while still being creative. It doesn't just sound like a, a copycat or anything like that. So yeah. do a do a Lipa. Uh, yeah, that would be it. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. But yeah, I, uh, I like her too. Uh, the three or four or five songs that I know. I like all of them. Um, let's see. Biggest guilty pleasures, though, that would be way more embarrassing than that. I have multiple Aqua songs uh on, in my library like barbie uh, girl yeah i got i barbie didn't even girl. know they had anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah barbie girl they got another one called dr jones uh, another one called uh candy man i've got all three of those uh it's pathetic but yeah i'll i'll, I'll blare those i want them in a car alone um even even worse uh to- a group a group called toy box which is similar to aqua it's like some weird weirdo euro techno band basically like male girl male female duo uh and they, they they had a song called best friend which you i think sarcastically put on your myspace uh profile song at one point um 
you look them up after this. You'll you'll definitely have remember. To. And then I mean Britney Spears. I got a handful of like early two thousands Britney Spears, like Lucky and Oops, I did it again. I love it. Yeah, my sister's ha- my sister had that album. Um, okay, I actually preferred my sister's Spice Girls album. Uh, <laughs> I only know "Wannabe." That's the only Spice Girl song I know. I I couldn't name any other ones, but I, I'm sure if I had that album uh, handy, I, all of them would come right back to me. Um, you mentioned ABBA earlier. Uh, "Dancing Queen" is a great track, and, and uh, embarrassingly, I prefer the A-Teens version of it. Uh, it yeah. It's it's more childish and and stupid and guilty pleasurey. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. I, I don't, I don't think you're going to top that. All right, guys, as always, um, we got our Apocalypse Now segment coming up. We've had uh, plenty of good reminiscing today. Less bitching than normal, I would say, this week. We, we did a, more bonding about the music we like and stuff, so it's more positive than the show is supposed to be. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to turn this ship around and uh, get right back into the doom and gloom. So... Um, I feel like there's a million examples we could have used for horrible music that uh, would justify destroying the earth, but we're going to go with, well, I I don't think I want to say, I think we should just roll the clip. Let's get into it. first uh whack at this what what the hell even is there to say this is popular by the way it looks like how many how many likes did that have uh over many 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 thousands whatever yeah hundreds of thousands uh it is popular it it was actually like a a shortened tiktok video that went viral that uh apparently they just got famous enough off of tiktok again uh just another example of why tiktok's the worst uh, and they were able to fund an entire music video and an entire song. I think originally it was just like a shortened clip. Um, I saw a video of Snoop Dogg reacting to this, uh, and he called them goofballs in the pool. <laughs> and I thought that was actually pretty appropriate. It's really light, <laughs> too. Clean as it may be. He went very easy on them. 
<laughs> yeah, but is there anything that is more, you know, more uh, uh, dead on than goofballs? Because these guys are absolutely clowns. Bozo they're, clowns. They're complete clowns. And after funding that music video, do you think they'll have any uh, more money for tattoos on their on their body or face? Or do they even have any room left? These guys look like idiots. Uh, they, they belong to a, a particular group of rappers, singers, whatever, where as bad as their music is, just looking at them is even more difficult than listening to their fucking garbage. Them, um, Takashi 69 is another example. Uh, like he's got like Christmas light teeth. I just want to punch the shit out of his face every time I see him. Um, yeah, he, he was, uh, he was facing, uh, racketeering charges and like, and life in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, oh man, I was thrilled. I was thrilled when I found out that those charges, uh, were coming down on him because I thought that was it. He was being locked up for life. And then like three years later, he's out on parole. Uh, and, and I cursed the earth. Yeah, Riff Raff is another one. I don't even know what his music sounds like. I just, looking at him, I already know that it's shitty. I don't even have to listen to it. Uh, Post Malone is a lesser version of that. Like, his music, again, doesn't make my ears bleed. I don't like it, but I can tolerate it. But uh, looking at his face, I cannot tolerate. So anytime he's in a commercial or something, I just want to jump out a window. Yeah, he's a cockroach. I do want to say uh, the only thing I like about um, uh, this Island Boys video, this pretend grandma in the beginning, I believe, says coño, if I heard that correctly, which means cunt in Spanish. Uh, Very popular curse word in Cuba, apparently, based on uh, my very limited knowledge, which was basically uh, Tony Montana and Scarface. I know they use that word a lot in that movie. Um, (laughs) But these guys are if I, I suppose these guys must be of Cuban descent. That's absolutely I want to say to all the Cubans out there, uh, that's absolutely embarrassing. I, I feel for you. Um, and uh, well, we've got our share, but they're, these guys are probably, insane. yeah, these guys are, are probably a bigger blight on the country than the Castros. I think I would rather hang out and have a beer with Che Guevara. I would have a beer with Raul and Fidel before these two retards, and it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> But then they would probably they would probably insist that you beer bong it too. I don't think these guys just sit and have a beer like adults. They, you know, look at the, look at that video. Yeah, they're they're gonna be broke by the time they're twenty eight. So they're raking in all this money right now on this video. They're gonna be one hit wonders because they obviously have no musical talent. The whole thing's kind of a joke. Uh, and these guys are not gonna be smart investors with their money. So they're gonna blow Don't it think all. So. <laughs> they're gonna blow it all in a few months, uh, and then they're gonna be working minimum wage jobs uh, with nothing to show for it, and that will make me absolutely happy and thrilled. I disagree with you. I think the first thing they did uh, after they funded the video was they put what they had remaining in a Roth IRA, um, and they're just you know watching their investments closely. I think they're gonna do just fine. No, I I. Uh, them being broke is not enough uh, when they're dead and burning in hell. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to feel good about it. Um, speaking of which let's, let's, let's get to it. Uh, I do want to say though, um, we need to adjust apocalypse now a little bit. We, I, I prayed two times now for God to destroy the earth. And then we get a tsunami warning on the West coast, which was totally bizarre. Apparently a volcano got a little acid indigestion and burped for the first time in 3 million years. And then, uh, so there were warnings about the West coast getting destroyed. Didn't, nothing came of it so far. So, um, 
maybe we shouldn't just keep asking God to destroy the earth. It might be a bad omen. Didn't even take a full novena before uh, we almost uh, had an enormous disaster over on our side of the country. Yeah, so, I've only got about six months, give or take, till hurricane season two. So we got to we got to tone it back before then and get in God's good graces. Well, you got the you got the hurricane prayer at mass, don't you? Or is that just in Miami? That's just a Miami thing. Uh, we just hope and pray here silently to ourselves that we don't actually get schmucked because uh, we will fare much worse in Miami. So that, I have crossed, to man. say, really, I have to say really quick, that was such a culture shock when I was when I was at a church in Miami with you and they, they brought up the hurricane prayer on the slide. Uh I almost laughed my ass off at that. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, at least they're taking it somewhat seriously because everybody else in Florida doesn't. We have things called hurricane parties. That's like a known thing. People go out and get kegs and then just bunk with a bunch of friends for like three days and just get absolutely hammered. That's like a known thing. Uh, wow. So That's the majority funny. the majority of the state cheers these things on. Yeah, Florida is crazier than I thought then. Um so anyway, I think this this time maybe we should just adjust the prayer a little bit, maybe just for wiping out the Island Boys fan base. Um, <laughs> I mean, if uh, and and them, of course, as well. Uh, I don't think it's fair that uh, that Elvis dies on the toilet and Richie Valens and John Denver and Buddy Holly and all these guys go down in flames in a plane. Uh, these guys should, could be taken out one way or another. Um, and anybody who has a low, low enough IQ to enjoy their music, I would be, would you agree you're okay with them, uh, disappearing from the face of the earth? Yeah. The punishment should fit the crime. Um, you know, so Elvis dying on a toilet, probably a somewhat, you know, in terms of a violent death, that's probably like a three, but you know, appropriate given, uh, I'm all shook up. (laughs) You hate that song? (laughs) I hate Elvis in general. Oh, geez. All right. Well, we shouldn't have brought that up. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, be reverent. Bow your head, please. Uh, Lord, we've, we've discussed a lot of uh, uh, horrible music today that we, we know cannot be pleasing to you. It certainly isn't to us. Um, Island Boys, for example, being uh, pr- probably the pinnacle. Um, so if if you know, if you've got time. Uh, you know, maybe a hurricane that uh, wherever this island is that the island boys are hanging out on, maybe a, maybe a hurricane that's just that's right at the eye, right there on the island, uh, and it takes out them. And hopefully, they're holding a big party for all of their their heathen listeners, and uh, they can just all be erased from existence. Um, and we would be eternally grateful for that, Lord. Uh, in your name, Amen. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap for this week. Uh, Everybody, we will see you next week where we will discuss a bunch of other shit that's gotten shittier. Hope to see you then. Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. Early to rise, early in a sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm Raising me a family and working on the farm the Days are all filled with an easy country charm Thank God I'm a country boy Well, I got me a fine wife, I got me old fiddle When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle Thank God I'm a country boy When the work's all done and the sun's set low Pull out my fiddle and the rosin up the bow Kids are asleep, so I keep it kind of low And thank 
good and all day Yes, I could, but the Lord and my wife wouldn't take it very good So I fiddle when I can, work when I should And thank God I'm a country boy 